Welcome to the Lanier Hills Church Sermon Podcast, where faith meets life. I'm Pastor Randall Popham, inviting you to explore wisdom from the Word with us. For more information, visit us online at lanierhills.com. Good morning. How are you doing today, church? Man, it's good to see each of you and uh, be in worship with you today. I uh, missed you last week. I was watching online. I got away for a couple of days and for the weekend and uh, did a little hunting and had a good time. Watched online. It's funny. I can't be away. I was like the guys who were in the back videoing or, you know, mixing it for online. I'm going back and forth with them like, hey, turn this up, do this. You know, I can't even be away for a minute. But I love my church and I love being here with you. Dan did a great job last week. Don't you think so? <clears throat> Sharing the gospel with us. Yes. We, we are blessed to have Dan and Julie and all of our great leaders here at our church. And uh, if you're new today, I want, I'm Pastor Randall. I want to welcome you for, um, and thank you for worshiping with us today at Lanier Hills Church. And so if you have a Bible, go ahead and get it out with me. We're going to be in the book of John, John chapter 12 in just a moment. Now, if you don't have a Bible, you can also use your smartphone and scan that little QR code, and it'll take you to the links for the scriptures today. Also for the notes, they're there in a place where you can keep notes. There's um, all the links for like a handout or, or what, what's happening for the church and news you can use, all of that. So take a moment find that there, and uh, we will get to that in just a minute. Now, I want you to think about something. I want you to think about a time in your life when you had to do this. When was there a time in your life where you had to give up uh, something that was something precious to you to gain something more? Something precious to you to gain something more. Maybe it was a comfort. Maybe it was, you know, a dream. Uh, maybe it was a changing career to downsize your life so that you could uh, you'd be more with your family. Maybe it was, uh, maybe it was some really precious food, <laughs> right? So that you could like gain health, right? Remember, yeah, we've probably all been there. Um, I remember one of the things in my life that I had to give up that was very, 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 um, it was a pivotal moment in my life, in our family's life, and in, even in this church history. See, back right after Dane and I got married, I remember us driving down the road, and, and uh, we were just young, and we grew up over, we were in Woodstock, Georgia, and I remember riding up 575 one day and having a conversation with her, and I'm like, I never want to leave this place. I love where we live. Our family's here. I love our church and this community. We got all friends there. You know, I remember having that conversation, and it was only a few months later that God was saying, I want you to leave this and go into ministry. And I, and I never would have thought that. I thought, you know, I had my dream, I had my goals, my plans, and, and I was comfortable there. But I remember going to sit down with my pastor and having a conversation, feeling like God is calling us into ministry. And he said, well, then you need to go prepare. And so we, we went and had conversations with the in-laws and family and friends and said, we're moving. And they're like, what do you mean you're moving? We're like, we're following this thing that God called us to do, moved off to South Carolina, went to school, and then we were in the Carolinas for years before we got to move here. But now looking back, it was very, very hard. I remember leaving. <laughs> I remember us leaving the, that road, leaving the house and pulling out and just crying because we were leaving everything comfortable. Just leaving that and just, just weeping. And I remember when we left the last place we were at in North Carolina, we were up near uh, Asheville, North Carolina. Now, leaving the mountains of North Carolina, it's hard, right? It's beautiful, but I remember the sun, we were leaving all of our friends and all those there, and, and I remember watching the sun, it was setting, and it was just like, we were both just crying. Dana was in a car in front of me, we were just crying, just like leaving. That was 18 years ago. 
But can I tell you what? What we gave up is not nearly as good as what we have today. We would not be able to be here today. We'd not be in this spending our 19th December here in this beautiful place and with you. We would not have seen the hundreds of people who've come to know the Lord and be baptized. We would not have been able to, to raise our kids in this great community with you guys. And I mean, we just are blessed because, why? Because we were willing to leave something comfortable to gain something more. And there's a fear in us a lot of times when we're called to surrender something, isn't there? And there's this fear. It's the fear of losing what we have. It's the fear of losing what we have, even though, and it can overshadow the promise of what can be gained. Because we have this in our hand, like right now it's comfortable and safe, but we know there's a promise of something and we may not be able to see the promise, right? It's kind of like when God told Abram, he said, I want you to pack up your family and I want you to go and I'm going to tell you where to go. And you won't even know where to go until you get there. And I'll say, here's where you're supposed to be. They was just supposed to go, right? They had to sacrifice that comfort. And in our life, we're going to talk about this today, that there's this always, we're always in this season of giving up the comfortable to gain more of the promise. And we're going to talk about that today. But it's also something we need to be careful, though. A lot of times we can sacrifice and give up for things that really don't get us anywhere. Jesus warned us of that. He said this. He said, be careful not to like, gain the whole world and lose your soul. And a lot of us have done that. We've gone after things we thought would satisfy in a career only to find out there's nothing there. Or to go after you know, a relationship and find out that relationship's not what God intended for us. And, or to, you know, whatever. Just go after something and realize that I gave up everything for this and it was not what God intended for me. So not only must we be willing to sacrifice, we must sacrifice for the right things. And so today, today we're going to talk about, we hope to understand and surrender and sacrifice for the right things so we can find the true fulfillment and purpose that God has for our life. That's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to see how Jesus modeled this for us as we talk about, as we go through the book of John and we're seeing this idea of coming and seeing who Jesus is and what he says to us. So we're going to get there in just a second, but first, here's what I want us to do. I think it's so important for us to, anytime we come to the Word, to humble ourselves and say, God, would you speak? God, would you give me ears to hear? Would you give me eyes to see? Because here's what I know. We're often blind to our own blind spots, aren't we? We can't even see what we can't even see, and so we need God to show us. So we're going to take a moment, humble ourselves, and say, God, would you show me what I need to see because I can't see it on my own? So would you just close your eyes and let's pray. Lord, and I want you to ask the Lord this. Lord, would you help me to see what I can't see this morning? Show me my own blind spots when it comes to the area of sacrifice and surrender. Lord, help us to hear your voice. Shut the other voices up in our mind and help us to hear your voice today. And Lord, give us a mind to understand your will, your word, your ways. A heart, Lord, we need a heart that is soft, a heart that can be changed, a heart that can be taught, a heart that can be moved, and, 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 and Lord, help us to experience you. Fill us up today. Lord, as we talk about sacrifice, surrender, would you show us what it is we need to see and hear and do today? It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we've been going through John. We've seen how uh, we've started with back in John 23 weeks ago, 24 weeks ago. 
And we saw last few weeks ago how Jesus raised uh, Lazarus from the dead and, and poured, did this miraculous thing of raising him from the dead. And all these people come to believe in Jesus, and then others don't. And then we saw how Jesus, um, after that, he goes and, and he goes to a meal at, at Lazarus' sister's house, and they worship him. They wash his feet, and they serve him, and they, they celebrate what Jesus has done for them. And then Dan showed us last week how Jesus has the, this triumphal, triumphant entry into Jerusalem, riding on the back of a colt on a donkey. And as he comes in and the beauty of that and what it meant as he wasn't there to, to redeem and, and like restore Israel to their prominent power, but he was there to do something more in the spiritual realm and to bring people into the kingdom. And now we're going to pick up right after that, after that triumphal entry. And here's what it says in John 12. I'm going to read. It's a good bit of reading. Then I'm going to come back and break down a few of these verses. John 12 and verse 20. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. So they're there for the Passover. And so they're there for that. And they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would love to see Jesus. It's like they're saying, can you set up a meeting for us with Jesus? Philip went, Philip went to tell Andrew, and Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Now look at Jesus' reply. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. What an interesting response. We're going to talk about it in a minute. He says this, Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be, and my Father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. And the crowd that was there heard it and said, It thundered, and another another said, Angels had spoken to him. And Jesus said, This voice was for your benefit, not for mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. The crowd spoke up. We've heard from the law that the Messiah will remain forever. So how can you say the Son of of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? Then Jesus told him, you're going to have the light just a little while longer. While you have the light before darkness overtakes you. Walk in the light before the darkness overtakes you. Whoever walks in the dark does not know where they are going. Believe in the light. While you have the light, so you may become children of light. And when he had finished speaking, Jesus left, and he hid himself from them. All right, that's a lot. That's a lot to read, but summary of it, we get this whole picture of sacrifice and dying, and, and Jesus and the, reveals the big picture of what's happening and the purpose that he came. But in this, we, re, we learn a lot about Jesus' intent, and we see some of Jesus' humanity and the struggle that he had with even following the Father's will. And I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But what I want to do is just to go back through this because this reveals so much to us about Jesus' submission to the Father and the way we are to remodel that in our own lives. 
So let's take a moment. Let's go back through it. First thing I want to do is start off with this scripture where it talks about the Gentiles. It says these, these um, Greeks, right? These not, they're not Jews. They're Greeks, and they come seeking to worship. They're there for the Passover, so they're seeking. They're like Gentiles who've, put their, who've become Jews or you know, Jewish in their belief, but they're there, and they hear about Jesus. They hear about this guy who's risen people from the dead, and, and he's healing people. And so they go to his disciples, and they say, um, can we get a meeting with Jesus? I love this, guys. You know, everybody else is, they're very proper in it. We would like to meet with Jesus, right? <laughs> like, let's have an appointment. So they go, and they ask him, and Philip, and then Andrew, and then they go, they go to Jesus, and Jesus, how does he reply? Does he reply, okay, yes, let's set him up. Let's get him on the calendar. Or, you know, what does he do? He's like, the hour has come. Like, what does that mean? The hour has come. If you, if you took it in our terms, it'd be like, the time has come. And he says, what? The time has come. Now, this is important. Why does Jesus say this? Why does Jesus say the time has come. This is the hour. And what does it have to do with these Gentiles who were seeking Jesus? This, this is important because up until that time, all the stories were about Jewish people seeking Jesus, wanting to restore the kingdom and, and restore them to their powerful place and, you know, as, a, as a nation. And then all of a sudden we have these Gentiles. Like if you're just reading along, you would just skip right over that part. But this is important. It changes the whole story, Jesus is like, it's been going this way, and all of a sudden these Gentiles come seeking him, and he says, now the things have changed. What changed? The story, the message has moved from beyond the Jews into the rest of the world now. Showing, and Jesus is saying this, now the message has gone from, what have, has gone from you guys into the rest of the world, and now they understand, they get it. And what they are seeking can be found in me. It's not just for you Jews. It's for the whole world. And Jesus says, all right, now it's time. I didn't come just to live. He's saying I came to actually die. I came for this purpose, this main reason I came. And it's for those people too, and not just you, to come. And so the hour he's talking about is his hour of suffering. And here we, as Jesus enters into the Jerusalem for the, this week of Passover, this is an important moment in Jesus' life. It's where he goes through the suffering. He's going to cry. He's going to die. He's going to be crucified. He's going to be born again. I mean, rise again from the dead. He says, this is what it's all about. This is the pinnacle. And now that the believer, I mean, the Gentiles have heard the news and they're seeking me, now is the right time. So what happens next? Let's look at this scripture. So how does Jesus reply after that? He says, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Look how what he answers, answers next. He says, very, very, very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. He gets right to the point. He said, I didn't come to live. I came to die. I came to die. This is the point. This is, the, this is what it's all about. My death for your resurrection. My death for your new life. My death for the forgiveness of your sins. This is what it's all about. And he gives this analogy of a seed, a kernel dying. He says, unless this one kernel, he says, he's saying to himself, unless this kernel dies, then there will be no life. There will be no fruit. So I did a little bit of exploration. I was thinking, I was reading through that. And I'm like, all right, like how much fruit is he talking about here? How many seeds is he talking about? So 
not a biologist or anything like that, but I've got Google and it tells me a lot of things, right? So I get online and I figure out, I said, all right, how many seeds can, like, are, at each harvest, how many seeds come from one kernel? And here's what I found out. So when a kernel goes and they bury it in the ground, it, harvest, it, it, it comes about once a year, it harvests once a year, and it has about 20 to 50 seeds come from one kernel. I'm like, that's pretty cool, right? And it, and it only does it once a year unless you're in places like Haiti or other where they have multiple harvests a year. But this one seed can produce about 20 to 50. And I said, wow, that's pretty cool, 20 to 50. Now what though, what if in 10 years... How many seeds can come from that one kernel that falls and dies and goes into the ground? And so I Googled that and did a little math, and here's what I found out. It's a lot. How many do you think it is? How many? Billions. That's exactly right. Listen to this. Here's how many it is. Here's what it says. If one seed goes into the ground and it, aver- and it produces 20 to 50, so let's say 30, just 30 on average per year, and those seeds go on to produce more. In 10 years, it is 590 trillion and 490 billion seeds come from that one. In 10 years. That's a lot. Isn't that a lot? Matter of fact, when it printed out as a number, I couldn't read it. I had to go and write this out in actually sentences so I can understand it, right? That's a lot of zeros. That's a lot. All from one seed. And the point Jesus is making here is saying, if this one seed, if I don't die, man, if I don't come to the end of myself and die, then trillions <laughs> will not be blessed. And so he's, he's helping us to understand that there is great value and potential in sacrifice and surrender. When we get the idea that sacrifice and surrender produces real fruit and, and value in our life, then we don't have as hard a time letting go of the comfort and the things we hold on to. So what does Jesus say next? He turns it. He turns it from himself to us. He says, look, anyone who loves their life will lose it. While anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. This is a tough scripture. Anybody? I mean, it's got like hard words in it. Like hate. If you don't hate your life. Does that mean that we should like go around miserable? I just hate my life. I just hate it all about. I hate, I hate this life. I hate this world. I hate everything in it. No, right? He's not saying that. He's saying, listen. He says, your love for things eternal. Your, thing, your love for him should be so great that in comparison to your love for this world, it looks like you hate it. That the most important thing for you is the things of eternal. It should take priority over the temporary things. And listen, I love my wife. I love my kids. I love this church. I love my life. I'm blessed. I was giving thanks all the way here saying, God, I love my life. Thank you for this. But listen, he's saying, no matter how good your life is here, Man, it should not even compare to the love you have for the Lord. Jesus, another place, mentioned, he says, man, if a guy doesn't, if a person wants to follow me, they don't hate their mother and their father, their spouses, their children more. He's like, is he saying you have to hate them? No, he's saying, no, you should love me so much more that in comparison, it doesn't even look the same. <clears throat> 
So should we hate it? No, he's saying, love me. The next thing. He says this. Look at verse 26. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. And my father will honor the one who serves me. So he gives this really strong thing. He's saying, first of all, you got to, your love for me has got to be priority. And then he says, and if you're going to follow me, you're going to serve me? You're going to serve me? You've got to follow me? That is so different from the message we hear so often in the church in America today. It's about, here, let me tell you what God can do for you. And, man, he loves you so much. And you can keep doing what you want to do, just walk in grace. That's not what Jesus says right here, is it? What does he say? You want to follow me? Then you've got to make me priority in your life. I don't conform to you. You conform your will and your ways to be align yourself with me. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. See, it's in dying to yourself and following Jesus, he's saying this, that you find the true fulfilling and fruitful life. It's in dying to yourself and saying, listen, I'm going to follow you and line myself with you that we find life. That's tough. (laughs) The gospel is free to everyone, but obedience is not so easy. Surrender is not so easy. Sacrifice is not so easy. Matter of fact, I love this next verse. You know why? Because it shows Jesus wrestled with sacrifice and surrender just like you do. Look at this next verse, verse 27. Look at the humanity of Jesus in this verse, verse 27. He talks about dying as a colonel, following him. And then look what he says. Now my soul is troubled. He's saying that. I've got to die. I've got to follow the Lord's will. This ain't easy. This is hard. I love it. We see in other times in scriptures where Jesus, right before he goes to you know, be betrayed and go to the cross, what does he say? Lord, if there's any other way, please let somebody come and do this. If there's any other way, let's make it happen. Because Jesus, listen, he's 100% man, but he, God, but he's also 100% man, and he wrestled just like you did. And when Jesus is asking you to lay down things and sacrifice and die to yourself, you know what he's saying? I've been there too. I know what it's like. When you're getting ready to walk through a season of sacrifice and you have to lay down something that's dear to you, he says, I know I've been there. When you're going through suffering in a season of pain or hurt and you're wondering, you're like, and God's saying, trust me through this and submit to me in this. And you're going, but I don't want to. I don't want to blame you, God. (laughs) He's like, I've been there. When God's asking you to die to a relationship or die to a dream that you have in your own heart that you have put out there and you're like, this is what I want. Much like when Dana said, we never want to marry. I mean, marry. Yeah, marry. That's not what we said, right? (laughs) We never want to leave this place. God said, all right, we'll see about that. (laughs) When we get to that place, Jesus has been there and he's saying, my soul is troubled. My soul is troubled. Look what he says. He says, what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. How many of us have prayed that? And When we get into difficult seasons, how many times say, God, would you remove this thing from me? Would you take this, sac- this trouble from me? Would you take this lesson that I'm having to learn? I don't want to learn it. Just take it away from me. This suffering, God, just remove the suffering. This thing you want me to sacrifice, I don't want to sacrifice it. Just remove it. Fix it. Resolve it. And God's saying, I don't want to fix it. I want to fix you. 
Father, save me from this hour. <laughs> Look at his answer. No. <laughs> Should he saying, Should I pray this? I feel this. Should I say this thing? He's saying, No. That's not what we do. It's not what we do. What do we do? He says, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. He's like, if I give up my comfort, if I go with comfort and I go with ease and I go without sacrifice and suffering, then guess what I miss out? I miss out on the purpose God has for me. It was for this reason I came to this hour. And look what he says. Father, glorify your name. What if you could say the same thing, church? When your soul is troubled, when God's saying, lay down your life, when, when he says, I know you're mad, I know you're angry, that person hurt you, that person said some terrible things to you, that pastor did something horrible to you, that, that friend, that parent, that neighbor, whatever, they did something horrible to you, and, but I want you to forgive them, and I want you to lay that down, and I want you to forgive them as much as I've forgiven you, and you're over there going, but no, my heart's troubled with this. What does he want us to say? Father, be glorified in this. Let your will be done on earth, in me, as it's done in heaven. That's what Jesus is getting at. He's saying, unless you die to yourself, you won't know the real promise of what's to come. He wants us to get to the place where we align our actions with a greater purpose, even if it means personal sacrifice. If it means you give up your career, your dreams, to do the thing God's called you to do. He's put on your heart, and you're like, but I'm comfortable, and this is what I want. And if he, but he's changing something in you. He says, no, but I want you to do this. Or maybe he's calling you, hey, your marriage is in a lot of trouble because you're doing your own thing. I want you to sacrifice what you're doing. Do my will and see what happens. You're having a problem trusting him with your finances, and you keep ending up in problems and situations. And he's like, well, when are you ever going to trust me with that area of your life? So we have to align our actions with his greater purpose and say, God, whatever you want me to lay down, whatever you want me to sacrifice, sub sacrifice, submit to, surrender, that's what I'll do. So what do we take away from this today, church? What, do we, what does God want us to do? It's always the question. We can reveal the truth, but now we have to ask the question, so what? So what is, how does it apply to my life today? Here's what God, I believe, is challenging us to do, is to do this, to identify and embrace the areas in your life where you are called to surrender and sacrifice. So when we come to Jesus, it's a one time. We lay down our life. I'm following you. But you know what I have found in my life? That there's always something God's wanting me to lay down in my life. Every day, every time I get, all right, I got through that. He's like, all right, let's now let's move on to this next thing. And here's why. Not so that he loves me more, but so that my life becomes more fruitful. So that there is more impact, so that there's more joy I can hold on to what I've got or I can let go of that and experience the promise to come. Identify, embrace the areas in your life where you're called to surrender and sacrifice. And it's a daily sacrifice. The, the call to surrender, listen, it's a daily decision. 
That's why Jesus, when he taught us to pray, he said, they, he said pray this. Our Father in heaven, you know, hallowed be your name, all that. And then he gets to this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it's done in heaven. Man, our prayer as believers should be this every day. Lord, let your kingdom come, your will be done in my life as it's done in heaven. Not just once, not just when you become a believer, but every day throughout your life as you are aligning yourself with him, saying let your kingdom come, your will be done. I'm a colonel dying to myself so that life may come. So how do we know what that thing is? What are we supposed to be lying, laying down ourselves and sacrificing to? You know what? I have found this, these four things, <laughs> to be true. If I do prayer and reflection, I start to pray. say, Lord, would you reveal to me just like what's in my area of my life that I'm holding on to that I need to die to? Guess what happens? He speaks pretty clearly. Maybe you know what it is right now. You don't have to pray. You know there's some addiction, there's some habit, there's some belief, there's some emotion, there's some uh, relationship, there's something in your life that God right now is saying, you've been holding on to that and you have not given it over to me. It's time to give it up. Prayer and reflection. The second thing, reading and studying the scriptures. When we get in the word, it's amazing how God speaks. And we can read the same scripture a hundred times and every time it says something fresh because the word of God is alive and living and powerful. And we open that word and we get in and God says, hey, time to forgive. Time to let go of that bitterness. Time to quit being. Time to quit being a child in your marriage and start loving the other person even though they don't deserve it. Time to trust me with your future. Time to trust me in this pain, in this sickness. You open that word up and it speaks into you. Look to the Bible for guidance. Here's what I've also seen. When we take a personal inventory of our life and we evaluate different aspects of our life. And here's what I found. The areas that um, we feel most resistant to change are the areas God's wanting us to give up to him. Like, I don't want to change that. It's like when I said, I don't ever want to move. God said, yeah, let's see. I don't ever want to do that. Well, guess what? Let's see who's Lord. I've got something better. And finally, when you observe your life and you look at places where you keep running into trouble, your relationships keep messing up. Your finances keep being in a mess. You're, you know, you keep ending up in something. Maybe you need to look at your life pattern and say, you know what? I've never given that area of my life to the Lord. I've never surrendered to that. And he's been telling me I need to do this. I need to get help or I need to go to counseling or I need to get in to find some help for addiction and surrender that to, you, to him. Persistent issues may be a sign that God's calling you to address that area of your life. So what's the call today? What are we doing? Identify and embrace areas where God wants you to lay down your life for him, to sacrifice and surrender. And some of you, it may be by giving your life to Jesus, just as those Gentiles came and they heard about this man, Jesus, who had words of life and could change people's lives. They came seeking him. That's you today, coming to him and saying, Jesus, (laughs) if there's more to life, I want to know about it. And that's coming to him and saying, God, I want to have a relationship with you. And I believe, Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. 
And he says, listen, if you want to follow me, you've got to die. Die to yourself and follow him. Maybe you need to do that today. Or maybe as a believer in Jesus Christ, there's some area of your life you just keep holding on to that God says today, I want you to identify it and I want you to lay that down to me. Would you pray with me? Just take a moment. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. It is powerful and true. And, and Lord, it's, it speaks right to where we are because every person in here is formed by you, made for you. We are made for something greater purpose, and that purpose is to give you glory. And when our life aligns with that purpose, we find joy, we find satisfaction. But Lord, when we're looking to other things, this world and temporary things, it won't satisfy us the way you can. So Lord, you tell us to lay down those things, to trust you for a greater promise and quit holding on to what's comfortable and safe. Trust you for something greater. We thank you. And this morning, church, with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, here's what I want you to do. I want you to do some personal reflection. Just right now, just say, Lord, where in my life? What do I need to give up to you, lay down to you? You said a lot of things are <laughs> permissible. Not all things are beneficial. You said not to use our freedom as a reason to sin. There's some sin or something, some habit, some belief, something you're doing, some career, vision, dream thing you're holding on to. Jesus said, I want you to lay it down to me. Or maybe he's calling you to do something, to step out in faith. And you've got to let go of that safety and trust him. What is it God's speaking to you about this morning? Just take a moment and ask him, Lord, what do I need to lay down? revealed something to you, what are you going to do about it? Are you just going to be like, oh, well, yeah, I should do that. Or are you going to let that seed fall to the ground and die? And I want you to imagine in your life right now that whatever that thing is, that it's a kernel, that you're just going to dig a little hole right now. You're going to put it in there, in your mind, visually, just put it in there. It's got to... I don't, I give this up. I'm dying to this. Maybe it's your life. Maybe it's a dream, whatever it is. Maybe it's a sin. And you cover it up and you say, God, I'm dying to that today. Father, you know our hearts. You know us better than anybody else. You know us better than we know ourselves. Thank you for revealing what we couldn't see. You know what we are dying to. You know what we need to die to. Would you help us today as we lay that thing down that we would not try to pick it back up or dig it back up. We'd leave it and trust you for the promise to come. It's in Jesus' name we pray.